1: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yes, it's coming on. <laughs> My winter <clears throat> crept up on me this morning, so no other, I'm not having any fevers or anything like that, so I wouldn't be here if that was it. But welcome again, everybody. Welcome to our wind windy city this morning. Let's hope that calms down a little bit. I'll uh, start off with announcements and Vicki Ross and Don Ross are still home with cold symptoms, so we want to keep them in prayer. Also, we uh, want to keep Ryan Morgan in prayer. He'll be uh, going for the next 30 days. He'll be taking care of business. So anyway, we want to keep him in prayer so you won't be seeing him around for the next 30 days. So want to keep him in prayer for that. And then also, uh, the Martini family, the kid will. Family had a family member attempt suicide, so we want to keep the family in prayer on that. Also known travelers, Nora Wilbright, still traveling strong. I think she's still in Florida. And uh, Randall and Matthew went to Flagstaff, so we want to keep them in prayer. I, they, they want him to stay up there, but he doesn't want to because I think it's a tad cold there right now. and Windy and snow are gonna be coming, so. He prefers this weather for now, this time of year. Uh, Check your bulletin for other prayer requests on the list. And then also an update, the Sisters Fellowship will be at 5 p.m. next door at the Joneses' home. And the bulletin says 4 p.m. So you might want to change that so you don't look at it and think it's 4 p.m. It needs to be changed to 5 p.m. also. and for a prayer request for the uh, Jeff Richards needs an RV space for the months of January through March. So we want to keep them in prayer. And if you know of any openings or anything like that or where to head in this time, time, town this time of the year to get an RV place, please let them know. Also, being to serve today, Melvin will be doing the sermon Aiden will be doing the head communion, Nathan will have opening prayer, Victor will have closing prayer, and Lynn will be leading our singing. One more thing. One more thing.
2: The Fergusons, we were praying for their son, um, Bradley, is that
1: his name, Frank? He passed <laughs> away. The Fergusons, we were praying for their family, and he passed away, so we want to keep them in prayer. Okay, good morning and welcome everybody.
0: morning. Morning. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you. We love you, adore you. We bow down before you. Heavenly Father, we appreciate you, Son of God, what a wonder. this song we'll have our opening prayer as the deer as the deer pants for the water so my soul longs
3: Shall we pray? Father, we come for this time to thank thee for the opportunity to assemble here and be able to worship freely in a country that allows us to do that as we see fit. We ask you to be with the Fergusons in the passing of their son. Uh, that is a tragedy, of course, and we are concerned with their well-being and, and their attitude towards how things are going. So we praise uni- unified that things get better for them. We ask you to be with those who are traveling keep them safe while they travel back to their homes or traveling to see family members at this time of year. We ask you to forgive all of us our sins and wrongdoings. Sometimes we don't take the time to thank you for that opportunity to say thank you. May we be mindful that without you, we do not have a chance for eternal life. We ask you to be the rest of those who are with us this morning, They have health issues. They have other concerns in their lives. Comfort them at this time. There's a family looking for a space to stay. Uh, I personally know how that is, and it's very stressful to not know. Comfort them at this time as you see fit. We ask you to be with the rest of this worship at this time. We say all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
0: Before we partake of the Lord's Supper, the memorial, we'll sing, He Paid a Debt. He paid a debt, he did not owe. I owed a debt, I could not pay. I needed someone to wash away my food. And now I sing a brand new song Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. He paid that debt at Calvary. He cleansed my soul and set me free. I'm glad that Jesus did all my sins erase. I now can sing a brand new song. Amazing grace all day long, Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay. One day he's coming back for me. Sing a brand new song, "Amazing Grace," all day long. Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could
4: never pay. Uh, it's a good morning, church. Good morning. So, at this time, we have reached a part in our worship where we observe the Lord's Supper, and this is a time to commemorate the. the of The death, uh, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As members and family of the Church of Christ, we recognize how often we should partake in the Lord's Supper by the example given to us in um, in First Corinthians 11:23 um, through 26. Um, for I received from the Lord that what else, the which which I also had delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed uh, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. Um, So this is my body which has been broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, "Um, This is the cup, and it is a new covenant in my blood. Uh, This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat uh, on this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death uh, until he comes. And now let us give thanks for the unleavened bread and the fruit of the vine. Heavenly Father, we all come before you right now. And... Um, we all just thank you for your, um, for your son Jesus who, um, who paid the price of death for sins on the cross. And, um, and I ask that we uh, take this bread in a manner that's pleasing to you. And in, and, and, um, and in your son's name. And right now, also at this time, um, we come before you, Father, and, and we thank you for the grace and the mercy that you show us every day. Um, even for the sins that we may make, you still love us through it, and that is because of your son Jesus and his blood that he paid for all of our sins on the cross. And I ask that so we may take this in a manner of pleasing to you. And um, and we pray this you have name. So right now we are going to be going over the offering. And the Lord has been very generous to all. And this is an opportunity to express our generosity by giving back a portion of what we have earned. It could be um, from this week or from your paycheck. And so God expects us to give as we prosper um, as we prosper uh, with a pure and, and um, a cheerful heart. And so the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 2, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. that there be no collections when I come. You can give your offering to the Lord by putting your gift in the offering box at the door um, to the right, if your heart may feel so. Now let's pray for the offering. Um, Thank you, Lord, for... Um, for, this, uh, for this opportunity um, to be here with you and all of us as a whole as members of the Church of Christ. And I ask that we may offer our hearts and our minds right now um, to be pure and, and to offer with a cheerful heart and I pray that you may bless it um, and I pray that you may um, prepare our minds for this morning's message and that we may Um, walk out today with your blessings um for us today, and we probably shouldn't send you his name. Amen: Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Oh, worship the king. O worship the King, all-glorious above, and gratefully.
5: us all together say amen. amen. Thank God for this glorious privilege to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. And we are grateful that you have decided that you wanted to come and encounter this worship in spirit and in truth. And God is going to certainly bless you for making the sacrifice for coming out to hear his word on this morning. Uh, let's keep each other in prayer. Some are sick, some are traveling, and some are just delinquent. So let's just keep everybody in our prayers want to commend the brothers for leading us in our service. They always do a remarkable job, and I was definitely want to highlight uh, Brother Aiden's first time leading us in the Lord's Supper this morning. And so we're grateful that he has come uh, to that part where he can do something like this in our worship service, along with Trevor and some of the new guys. You're going to see some more new guys doing different things. So keep our brethren in prayer as they uh, start learning to do different things uh, in our service. So if you don't mind, please stand on your feet if you can. We're going to look at Acts chapter 28 today. That's where our lesson will come from in verses 1 through 5. Uh, Acts chapter 28 and verses 1 through 5 is where we'll extract our lesson for this morning. Luke, the beloved physician, is inspired to give us these words in Acts Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 5. Now when they had escaped, they then found out that the island was called Malta. And the natives showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a the fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling and because of the cold. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. So when the natives saw that the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm." That was Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 5. May God bless the hearers and the doers of his word. Please be seated in the presence of our God. So here we are, family, in Acts chapter 28. Well, back in Acts chapter 26, Paul stands before King Agrippa because he caught a case for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as a result of his preaching, Paul gets arrested. So then in Acts chapter 27, Paul and several other prisoners are handed over to a centurion to set sail for Rome, where they will stand trial and where they will be sentenced. And in Acts chapter 27, verses 9 through 11, as 276 crew members and prisoners were boarding the ship, Paul warned them. Paul said, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the captain and the owner of the ship. So now, they're aboard this ship, and they sail right into a tempestuous storm called the Uroclodon. Yes, we name our storms today, Storm Katrina, Hurricane Harry, different things like that. Well, they named them in the Bible as well. And this was a serious storm called the Uroclodon. Well, they're two weeks out on their journey now. And now, all of the men are on the ship. They're tired, and they're hungry. The Euroclodon has driven the ship off course, and now these men don't know where they are in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea. The Bible says that no sun or no stars appeared for many days. Can you imagine being lost at sea? It's a horrible storm. In the daytime, there is no sun. At nighttime, I can't see the stars nor the moon. So going after going many days with no hope, with no food, everything seems to be diminished. So Paul stood up in the midst of the storm in Acts chapter 27 and verse 23. He says, man, y'all should have listened to me and not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and this loss. Now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship will be destroyed. So there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. See, I like this about Paul. In the midst of a storm, he stands up and says, the God whom I belong to, the God whom I serve. In the midst of your storm, you need to stand up to your storm and says, I serve a mighty good God. So Paul stood up and says, don't you be afraid. Because the angel said to me, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar on trial. And indeed, God has granted all of those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God that he will do just what he told me to do. So Paul says, listen, y'all should have listened to me. We shouldn't have went out on this water. But now that we are here, an angel of the Lord said, we're going to be all right. So just as they approached the island of Malta, Malta was situated in between Sicily and Africa, right in the Mediterranean Sea. Right when they were approaching Malta, the ship began to break in pieces by the violent waves, and the men had to jump off the ship and swim to shore. 276 men jumped off the ship to swim for their lives. They all survived the 14-day storm. They all survived 14 days with no food. And so now here we are in Acts chapter 28, verses 1 through 2. The survivors of the land island of Malta met all of the captives on shore. And it was a blessing for them to be greeted with kindness after coming out of the storm. These strangers, these natives of Malta, treated them with kindness. And it's a blessing to be treated with kindness right after you come out of a storm. See, when you and I come out of a storm, the last thing we need is drama and negativity. Amen? Therefore, let us always be kind and affectionate towards one another, because we never know when somebody is coming out of a storm. So always be kind to everybody. So verse 3 says, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat, fastened on his hand, hanging on his hand. You know what, family, I tell you, there are some folk in the world and some in the, in the church that don't care that you just came out of a storm. And some people are just full of venom and poison. Some people will jump out of nowhere, bite you, and fasten themselves unto you. Now, see, you're still trying to settle down from the storm, and then here comes a snake. You are still trying to recover from the wreck, and here comes a snake. You're trying to heal from a hurricane, and here comes a snake. See, after a storm, we, we, we become very sensitive, and, 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 and we're still trying to pick up the pieces and trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And when we're going through a storm, when we come out of a storm, many of us are not on top of our spiritual game because the tornado of life has just swept through and just blew everything away. Therefore, it is incumbent, and it is of the utmost importance that we up our spiritual game and be prepared for whatever and whenever a snake may jump out during or after your storm. So what that viper was, that viper was a problem. Paul faced some real deadly snakes when he got to Malta, and he shook off every one of those snakes just like we see in our text. And so what I want to point out this morning are the snakes that Paul had to face at Malta. And I want to encourage you to recognize the snakes that latch on to your life. So this morning, I just want to deal with a subject for just the next couple of minutes, which is simply entitled, shake it till you make it. You got to shake it (laughs) until you make it. See, the world teaches you got to fake it till you make it. And that's a faulty concept. The problem with that is that too many people are taking heed to that advice. Too many have, we have too many fakes in the world, too many fakes in the church, but I'm here to tell you this morning, stop faking and start shaking. There are three snakes that I want us to be mindful of as we go through this sermon. There are three snakes that I want us to shake off until Jesus comes back again. That's the snake of crisis. We got to shake off the snake of criticism, and we got to shake off the snake of cynicism the shake of crisis, criticism, and cynicism. First, let's deal with the snake of crisis. Webster described crisis as being a crucial or decisive point or situation. So as we see in this contextual setting of scripture, Paul is facing a crisis, a crucial situation. First of all, he's a prisoner on a ship that's lost at sea. That's a crisis in itself. Then the ship was destroyed had to swim for his life. I don't know, these guys, they made it to shore. I don't know who taught swimming lessons back in the first century. I don't know. And then the ship gets, then they they swim to shore, and then Paul gets bit by a snake. He's a prisoner, got to swim for his life, and then get on shore and get bit. Oh, that's a crisis. You know, you talk about when it rains, it pours. Crisis after crisis. You know, many Christians stop serving when they're in a crisis. Their mind is consumed with their crisis, but never get tired of doing what's good. Let us not grow weary of doing what's good. Galatians six and nine. See, crisis in our lives it can cause physical pain, mental fatigue, and it can throw us off track. But Paul remains faithful to God, but yet he's still faced with a crisis. Notice verse three, where it says the viper fastened himself to his hand. You know, sometimes there's a crisis in our lives that just fastens, it clings, and it attaches ourselves and it lives. It has a painful, strong grip. Did you ever have a crisis that just hung on to you and just didn't want to let go? Sometimes situations are crucial and they don't want to let go. Sometimes our crisis can wear us out. And then there are those, then there are those who are in a crisis because they don't know who. Christ is. You catch that? They're in a crisis because they don't know who Christ is. And if you don't know who Christ is, you won't make it because you don't know how to shake it. Through the power of Jesus, you can manage this crisis. You can use crisis management through the power of Jesus. And you could manage your crisis and don't let your crisis manage you. So ask the Lord to remove your crisis. And if it can't be removed, ask the Lord to give you strength to deal with your crisis. So that's the snake of crisis, criticism. Now, uh, let's deal with, that was the snake of crisis. Now let's deal with the snake of criticism. Webster describes the words criticism by meaning to judge harshly. Notice verse 4. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, no doubt this man is a murderer. Look at the criticism. He did something bad. He's a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet justice does not allow him to live. As soon as Paul is bit by the snake, the people of Malta start criticizing. Oh, he must have done something bad. He's a prisoner. He deserves it. You know, sometimes you and I, we get like that when things happen in other people's lives. Oh, what did they do that was so bad? Remember Job and his friends? Job, for Job's friends says, oh, Job, what did you do, man? Jesus died a horrendous death. He never did anything wrong. Stephen was innocent and he got stoned to death. Bad things happen to good people. We just, we we, we can't always say that bad things uh, happen because we have done bad things. Life just deals us a bad hand sometimes. Often people draw this conclusion and suppose that suffering is to be traced to some particular crime and and regarded as judgment from heaven. And that's not always the case. In their view, he was being, punished because they thought he was a wicked man, and it was obvious that Paul was a prisoner because he was heavily guarded. They may have put some chains back on him, but people are often quick to criticize when they do not understand what they see and what they hear. Israel criticized Moses for everything that went wrong. Jesus was criticized by his enemies, and if you're not careful, the criticism you face from others will cause you to become defeated. Never, 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 never. Did I say never? Let me say it again. Never let someone else's opinion of you become your opinion of you. Watch out for those critics that are out there. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and 10, by the grace of God, I am who I am. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I know my worth. I know my value. I understand my position. I'm confident, but I'm not overconfident. I'm proud, but I'm not prideful. I'm royal, but I'm a servant. I have high self-esteem, but I'm lowly at heart. I'm bold, but yet I'm humble. I'm poor, but I'm rich. I'm a slave, but I'm free. I'm criticized, but yet I'm a conqueror. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I have been bought with a price, and no critic can harshly judge who I am and what I do for Jesus. Say amen if you can. Now, if we don't shake off the snakes, Those critics, if we don't shake off those critics, we won't make it because we'll be consumed by their critique. And there are times, there are times when you and I, we deserve criticism. There are times when we are wrong and we need to be shown our errors. And there are other times when we're trying to do our best, but we're still criticized, misunderstood, misrepresented. And if you're not careful, criticism will make you quit. So what do you do in the face of criticism? We do what they did in the Bible. If you're Moses and if you're Joshua, you're going to keep on faithfully leading. If you're Noah, you're going to keep on building. He had critics. If you're Nehemiah, you're going to keep constructing. He had critics. If you're Hannah, you're going to keep on praying. If you're Paul, you're going to keep on preaching. If you're Dorcas, you're going to keep giving to the poor. If you're a child of the king, shake off the negative criticism and keep on keeping on. Some people deserve to be listened to and some people don't. And if you're wise, you will accept constructive criticism and ignore destructive criticism. So the natives of Malta criticized Paul, but he didn't let their criticism deter him from his mission. He kept his eyes on Jesus. In conclusion, let's read verse 5 and 6. But he shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. However, They were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Oh, the tables are turned now. Paul is bit by a snake. They're sitting around waiting. Oh, this dude's about to die. Oh, he's going to swell up in a minute. He's going to start bleeding and everything. And for a long time, and nothing happened to Paul. So this point is about the cynicism. Webster describes the word cynicism as one that shows contemptuous mockery. They're mocking him now oh this dude, he did something bad, he's about to die. See, these people were sitting down waiting and watching for him to fall and die. It was a cynical crowd that looked for nothing to come up this situation. Y'all know any cynics? I'm sure you do. How many in this room, how many in this room have been the object of a cynic's word? You'll never make it. You're not tall enough, you're not short enough not big enough you're not strong enough you want to amount to anything cynics some people just waiting for you to fail and if you're not careful the prophecy of the cynic can become self-fulfilling listen family the cynics does not have the last word I think I need to say that again cynics do not have the last word you do Jesus does Shake off the viper of cynicism and prove the doubters wrong by your faithful obedience to the Lord. That was the attitude of David's brothers when Goliath threatened Israel. They said, if you go up against that giant, man, they're going to kill you. You're just a little boy. And then they became even more cynical when they saw David getting ready to go up against a giant with a slingshot. Cynics. When Philip told Nathan about Jesus, he replied, can anything good come out of Nazareth? A cynic. When you profess to be a child of God, people are watching and waiting for you to fall so they can say, oh, I thought you were a Christian. Cynics. Notice verse 6 again. They said, uh, you should have swollen up and died by now. See, poisonous snakes have neurotoxins in their venom. The medical prefix neuro deals with the nerves of the body, and toxin is, of course, poison. When one is bitten by a poisonous snake, breathing is suppressed. Their muscles begin to cramp. Vomiting, convulsions in the heart and the lungs are paralyzed. When we are bitten by the poison of this world, and if we don't have shakeability, oh, shakeability, is that a word? Oh, it is now. (laughs) If you don't have shakeability, you're going to have instability. If we don't shake off that old snake, it will paralyze us from moving forward in God's kingdom. If you just take a look around you, just, just watch the news, you will see that many people have been paralyzed by the poison of this world. When crisis, criticism, and cynicism start biting, then the child of God need to bite back. Amen, somebody. Shake that snake off and send it right back from whence it came. That snake came out of the fire, Paul shook it off right back in the fire. You shake that snake off and send it right back From whence it came. When the natives of Malta saw that Paul didn't die, they changed their mind about Paul. First they said he was going to die, then they said, oh, he's a god. Gods don't die in their eyes. When people see you shaking off the snakes of life, they will think differently of you, and now you can be an influence in their lives because they have watched you and witnessed you go through the storm they watched the snake bite you after the storm. they seen you go through storm after storm, crisis after crisis, but yet they witnessed you shake the snake off. They witnessed you being a true child of God, and now you can be an influence in their lives. We have trouble being an influence sometimes because we stop shaking. Evaluate your life, family. In closing, I just want you to take this last piece. Evaluate your life and determine what needs to be shaken. Examine your life and determine what needs to be shaken off from your life. Is it a bad temper? Is it jealousy? Some kind of addiction? Sexual immorality? A crisis, criticism, cynicism? Is it somebody in your life that you need to shake off? Whatever it is, shake it off and send it back to where it came. That means we got to keep on shaking until Jesus comes back again. There is not a critic. There is not a cynic. And there is not a crisis that can drive you from Jesus unless you allow it. Church family, don't let nothing separate you from the love of God. Lake Havasu City, let's individually and let's collectively shake it until we make it. Amen? If you're here today and you haven't been immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins, you need to be. You could just come forward when we sing this song of invitation. And we'll take your confession and we'll baptize you today for the forgiveness of your sins. If you need a prayer request, let it be known. We'll pray with you, we'll pray for you. Because we need each other to help shake off these snakes. We need a strong family. That's why I said individually and collectively. I need y'all to help me shake. I I, I wanna help you shake. And so we can help each other shake it so we can make it. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Let us all stand and let us have Brother Lynn give us a closing song.
0: Bring Christ your broken life, so marred by sin. He will create a new...
5: Let us together say amen. 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 Certainly we're grateful that we have a moment to worship today. and Let us not take these moments for granted, but let us always give thanks to God when we can come and assemble ourselves together. Uh, Just want to remind you of some of the announcements that were mentioned. Uh, This Friday, the Sisters Fellowship will be next door at our home. The bulletin says 4 o'clock, but Sisters, it's going to be at 5 o'clock, so make note of that. It'll be at 5 o'clock. And December 28th, will be devoted to singing for our Wednesday night Bible class. January 1st, wow, that's wonderful, huh? New Year's Day? All right, we're gonna bring in the New Year's with something wonderful. <laughs> All right, sounds good. And uh, our next uh, family night will be January 13th. We had a good time on family night. You guys should come out for the fellowship. It's, it's a lot of fun, just to get to know each other, have a little pizza and play some games. And so uh, th- those are moments where we get to grow together, get to know each other a little bit better, just the simple things. That will help us uh, grow. So um, just be mindful of your opportunities of growth here at the Lake Havasu Church of Christ. Wednesday evening at 6.30 is Bible class. Y'all need to come to Bible class. You really do. Sunday morning at 9.30, uh, y'all need to come to Sunday school. Uh, We have some great students uh, in the audience. We glean from each other all the time. So you guys come on out and uh, let's learn as much as we can. Amen. We could never get too much of Jesus. I tell you, I I need a over, I want a double dose of Jesus. I need a triple dose of Jesus, a quadruple dose. I want an overdose on Jesus. Amen? Can't get enough of Jesus. So come on out and hear God's word so we can all grow together. Amen? All right. Let us all, we're gonna, what are we going to do? Have a closing song? Okay, let us all stand. We're going to have a closing song and a closing prayer. And may God bless you richly on this day. God is upon
0: us. 1,000 blessings flow.
2: Precious Father, you are so great, so wonderful, so merciful, so kind. You have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you for Mel's lesson tonight. today. We've got to make choices every day. Thank you that Maggie and her family here. Help them to be more dedicated, committed. Father, Be with Diane, be with Nora she travels all over. Thank you that Terry is back. She's looking much better. It's exciting to see her excited. Thank you for what Aiden has done today, helping him to continue to grow and to reach out and to share. Be with your children everywhere, Father. Help us to reach out and to give hope. Help us to seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and we know that he will add to other things too, as we pray in Jesus' name, amen.